last say ten minutes I was in the boat the Welsh fella there was a Scottish boy in front of me and he was absolutely cleaning up and I don't know what he was doing every time I looked at him he was in a fish I'd say he'd about seven fish in the last ten minutes I'd say so I thought he was running away from us and then whatever look I gave over I saw two of our teammates I saw Zach and there was another lad he was stuck in, stuck in a fish and on my last cast I remember just I remember I cast it out and I looked up to the sky and I said come on now and I hooked and I landed a double double fish they all had fished in the last five or ten minutes as well so I was like they never gave up either and it was just it was unreal Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland winning any kind of gold on the international scene fly fishing for Ireland is quite an achievement but the Ireland Jutes have done it three years in a row now capturing their third consecutive title this month against England, Scotland and Wales it's also the first time this has been achieved and so for this week's episode we catch up with their captain Aino O'Leary and coach Dennis Goulding to find out about the secret to their success but first Tom for someone who's involved in youth angling as well it must have been extremely gratifying to see this hat-trick of goals yeah good man Dara absolutely fantastic Dara there's no other no no other word for it it's a a brilliant achievement and as you said like i've been involved in youths down through the years through different guises and to see uh success in this regard is absolutely brilliant i mean the primarily goal of youth um youth and getting involved in youth angling is getting involvement you know i mean that's the first step but this is the next step this is actual you know achieving something i mean achieving a gold is good enough but to do three in a row it was just amazing and and to be honest, as soon as I'd heard it happened, um, I was down fishing the World Cup when the text came through and it, it rang around um, the way in at one of the heats and immediately it was announced. I got a big, huge round of applause. Like there was a really feel-good feeling about it. Like everybody was absolutely delighted. And you could see people showing their phones to one another. Look, look, the youths <laughs> have won a Cluet dog. You know, it was, it was just, it's just brilliant. It really is. Uh, and, and three in a row, like that's like uh, Dennis is saying, as far as he knows, it's never been done. Um, and I think as well, there's a couple of things on that. One is for me is when we speak to Aina himself and two mates, two school that, friends. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that was brilliant. And as I say to it, like, because um, we were trying to get this, uh, as you know, the normal stuff of getting uh, people to get, come on the podcast. We were trying to get it organized. And one of the nights we'd picked initially, <laughs> and I just got a picture back. Um, the reason they could go, the three lads in their Debs, all <laughs> decked out in the Deb suits and I'm going out. So, you know, and like three bodies, as he says, you know, but like it comes on and like with previous guests that we've had as well. I remember that we had um, Rebecca and Alva last year and, yeah. you know, the, and their friendship started up by them being on the youths. Yeah, youth that's team. true. Actually, but, yeah. Yeah. There's started. But with the with the lads, with Dana, Cormac and Darren, they actually knew one another beforehand. But no, yeah. it's just great. It really was. Just- drive each other on and, and for me the other thing as well I thought was interesting as well that Dennis was saying was it was a team effort really like that whole it wasn't the lads it wasn't the lads he said who caught the most fish that won it for them it was the lads I think it caught seven was it that was the difference yeah was it and he says it was, it was and, and that was he was making a big point in, within the team as well you know, mm. I think Aina's captain was making the point. This is this is not about. It's about the, everybody. About between, if you catch the most, you catch the least amount. And it was the lads who caught those handful that that's what got them over the line. And that's what got them over the line. But and you know, it wasn't just. I mean, that was naturally from Dennis. You'd hear that as a coach, but you could hear that from Aina as well as team yeah. captain. How important yeah. that was. And you know, and and you know, like Aina like plays football as well. 
And he just said, you know, th- there is a crossover there. It's a team sport. You're helping out one another. You know, it's what you do on a field as well. He plays, he plays, um, uh, he plays football. And he's just saying the exact same thing. And one of the other reasons we couldn't get uh, the podcast was he had to go to football trainer one night, you know? So um, there's a lot to be said for all that as well. Like, I think is I think sometimes there's a danger of that. Like, I know it's especially when you get older is in terms of, oh, you have to focus just on one thing. And, you know, training can be, you know, tough in terms of the amount you have to go out. But if you can balance it, and Aina talks about it as well, the importance that you need that kind of balance as well. Like if you're playing sport or anything, it doesn't have to be exclusive. You know, fly fishing can be part of that and, and it can add to your, your skill set as well. It, it can do, but like, then you look at Keen that we had on last week and you know, <laughs> Keen, made, uh, Keen made that decision. No, okay, it is going to be exclusive. But uh, I think Keen found it was, Keen found that it was interfering with his his fishing. And I think maybe, I don't know what happened with Dana because he had buddies that fish. They could make their own time outside of the training and whatnot. But, um, mm. you know, you, you have the two sides. But, yeah, Aina's obviously made, and the other lads have have made time for it not to be exclusive. You know the difference? He came into college. All bets are off once you go to college. Well, that's like, it. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll have Aina back on next year, hopefully after Drake on and see. A very interesting point that he brought up. I just thought I'd mention it. Because you asked him the question about um, getting youth's involvement. And seen as we were talking about football, and he says, you know, the difference. And I think it's something probably we should look at and clubs should look at in helping out or organizations. Um, and that's what he said, the cost. He says, you know, I can go and play, you know, and I can go play football. I have, to, you know, a 50, 60 euro worth pair of boots, togs, socks, and you're kitted out and you can go and play football. But like he said, like, you know, the tackle he has, you know, he's talking about a couple of grand you know, to get yeah. sorted out. And it's something funny enough that I never actually thought of before. It's a fair point, but you know what actually I think it comes down to? It's like, and this is part of the problem is, I think is, unless you've got a family member mm. or a close yeah. neighbor, right? And they they mentor you, right? It's the only way you can, yeah. or now you have, okay, you do have people who are just, it just becomes so obsessed and it doesn't matter whether they have a family member or not, they just make it happen. But I think they're the minority. Mm. Whereas I just, just give you a good example, like that. it was Heritage Week here. Um, over the weekend and we went down to the, the local field and you know the lo- behind the castle and they had all these stands and stuff well, there was all, what's always very visible about all these events is the canoeing club the scouts the archery club and yet there's never ever any visibility with the fly fishing club in terms of and I'm not you know I'm talking about targeting youths yeah so it's really interesting that I suppose we don't think of it unfortunately in those terms you know, and I'm not just saying it locally here. I'm saying at any kind of event I go to, like where it's around the country. I think the Mayo lads, you know, East Mayo, they're having their events. So that's, you know, slightly different and they're doing brilliant stuff. But I think generally across the country, there's not that kind of, oh, let's get out and be visible and let's try and target the kids. Because I don't know, you know, you've a field there, a couple of hundred people maybe over the weekend walking by. You never know. Yeah, like, oh, no, it's fishing. true. And Johnny, Johnny, Mary, you're into that, weren't you? And unfortunately, it's, it's left to each individual club to do that. I know we had a day here in Carnamona. Uh, I was, was it last year? Try to think now where there was um, sort of, as you said, like there was a fair down at, um, at the community pitch. And I was working that day, but I know a couple of, I was out boating. I couldn't do it. And a couple of the lads from the club were there with the club rods set up and everything. And they got a great response. 
So, you know, it's there, but the opportunity was there. And so the local club filled in. But, it, you know, when you're relying on local clubs, it's kind of hard. You know, some clubs are struggling, membership or whatnot. Some clubs are stronger than others. Uh, it, it, there should be a, a concerted central movement to do these things, to help out clubs in the area, you know? Um, like, as you said, there was no visibility at the, at the week you were at or at the, at the event you were at. Whereas if, if it's Heritage Week, you would have thought Heritage Week, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, Can you get a sport that's any more related to our culture and heritage? Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest here, we're looking out this week, this this episode, and the last episode is fantastic. We're dealing with, you know, uh, Keen, really Keen, um, excuse the pun, Keen, really enthusiastic uh, um, salmon angler. And then this episode, we're looking at, you know, the success of the youths and the involvement there so that that's the good side but there are other things that can be done um and like you just noted it there and maybe as well with what Aina said as well with um the cost of tackling you know it's very prohibitive if you don't have a family member you know to go fly fishing and you know whether there was some some sort of pool done by the organizations where you know for example i, I started thinking just after we're talking i mean why not some sort of system where Anglers could donate their their old tackle when when they upgrade. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of anglers of old, decent. Let's say I'm thinking lock style ten foot rods and reels, and you know, donate them and solely for the use of kids. You know that they could be within and that the the, the, the youths could use them, and you know they're marked. And if if they like it, great. There's some sort of scheme where they can get them, or if they don't, they go back into the pool like that. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Good something idea. like that. I mean, uh, that's something now for the governing bodies maybe to look at. Um, but like, I, I look, I don't know. I'm. It's just after after Anna saying that, it set my mind thinking. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's bloom for improvement. Yep. Um, not not much room at the top with the. No, I mean <laughs> back to no. I mean like, and it was great. I mean like, the story at the end of the last five minutes that Anna tells. <laughs> I thought that was cracker because you know I've been in that situation in competitions where you're looking around. And you see guys from other teams catching and you're, you know, oh God, you know, you know, and I've looked up to heaven too, but like, oh damn, heaven responded to Aina at that time anyway. <laughs> Let's get back to this week's guests. Um, Dennis Goulding, coach of the history making Irish youth team. And first their captain, Aina O'Leary. And I first asked Aina about his reaction to winning the three in a row. It's hard to believe really that by draw after so much years of not qualifying for Ireland, I've been fishing, trying to qualify since I was 12. And then to get two gold medals like back to back is just unbelievable, really. Has anybody got three medals actually? Was there anybody with the three? Thomas, uh, Thomas and Joshua McGinn are on the team. Two of them have uh, tr- three gold medals now. And hopefully, when we go to Dreykot next year, they'll they'll hopefully get the grand slam and get the four. <laughs> I was actually seeing that in the article um, on uh, uh, the i website, and they're saying that, you know, oh, go for the grand slam, like no pressure, like you know what I mean? oh, oh, huge pressure, but sure, there was big pressure coming to Wales as well this year, and sure, we got it done, thankfully. What was it like beforehand? Were you a bit, bit nervous the morning of the match? Uh, a bit nervous the morning of the match. Uh, we got we got kind of word the night before that uh, that there was teams catching big numbers, big numbers individually. <laughs> We weren't putting up kind of numbers like them, but every, every, we, we stuck to the plan on the day and thankfully it worked out. Rumours are rumours. Rumours are rumours. <laughs> it all depends on match days. No matter what you catch on practice days. We had the work done, that was that. What's Dennis like as a coach? Is he like the Pochettino type? Is he uh, more Guardiola? 
he's a bit of a Jorgen Klopp, I'd say. He's a bit controversial. <laughs> Is he going nuts on the sideline, kind of like? Oh, the whole time, but sure, we love him. <laughs> tell us, tell us, you must be so proud of that bunch of lads. Yeah, they 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 fished well above their station on the day. They did what I asked. I told them going out, fish to the plan. If it fails, it's my fault. But they went out and they just did what I asked and they fished really, really well. For two days practice on the lake that we had never seen before. And it's stocky bashing with numbers, which is totally different than anything we ever experienced before. But, you know, the team worked well. Um, there's a few other people there that helped us out, as in Irish people. And um, we just, it was instilled within the group that we could win it. And we had no doubt that if we got the bit of luck, we would do it. So it was amazing. Like the kids produced bags of fish, smiles coming in. Amazing. Yeah, you could see that. I mean, like that was the one thing I thought uh, going and like, Ina, you probably haven't got to. I mean, how many chances do you have you had beforehand to go pure stocky bashing? We don't have that on our we don't have yeah. that, yeah. Like I was saying to Dennis there, like we're all wild, wild trout fishermen. I grew up fishing rivers, wild small trout rivers. Mm. Uh, the only chance I ever get to go stocky bashing is in the winter to maybe Stillwaters, Adair Springs, or or Nakadere or something. So I was totally new going over to me trying to put up numbers, pulling blobs and boobies, and but thankfully we had Dennis there to coach us along and tell us what to do anyway. And come here. What was it like after your first practice day? What did you think? I didn't think the place was real, to be honest, with the amount of throat in it. Uh, yeah. It was just insane. Every cast you had a follow or something, but which I wasn't used to. I was, I was used to hauling lines in out in the mask and not meeting throat for three or four hours. It was, just, it was surreal, <laughs> yeah, really. the normal run of things from that. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially in mask. <laughs> well, Dennis, then, you only had your two days practice. Yes. Right? And I know from any competition, how many methods had you for the lads or was it one method was it plan a plan b plan c or what was it you see the thing about it is when you go to war for the first time right and there's people you know that being on the war you get all this information coming well i forget about all that well, split the lake up and we fished the lake in sections doing certain methods and certain lads were going out with certain flies in the boxes so it's what what happens there is you know areas won't fish on a certain method or blah, blah, blah. But really, you have to adapt the kids to a met their capabilities. Like some of the senior lads can throw big, long lines. Others can't. So we actually had from a die seven to a bung. And each kid was adapted to a met that they could actually fish for the whole day and catch fish. That was the key of it all. But finding areas that fished was number one. So we had the first day, we had 174 fish. Sorry, that was the biggest bag of fish ever recorded by an Irish team, don't care, seniors, juniors, in a practice day. We knew the lake was heavily stocked, but the fish moved very quickly once it's stocked in that lake. So the dam fished its head off all day on the first practice day. It was easy fishing. It was lock style fishing, pull, pull, bank. So the second day, I knew it was going to come off and the fish were going to run up the lake past Dean's Point, probably into the sailing club, but they hadn't settled in an area. They were still moving. So the fish tend to move from 
say, bigger, the two arms up one end of the lake and the dam, the other end of the lake, into the cages because there's not much food in the lake. So they run along the, the walls and the cliffs and come all the way up. But the strange thing happened, I was talking to Russell, that the fish never moved out big, up the very top end, which it normally runs straight out of. But we'd found fish in four areas, five areas in the first day, six areas in the first day. But we weren't sure they would stay there. So the thing would be to concentrate in them areas and then see what we can get out of them. And then concentrate the last day in areas that, you know, the fish were, you know, residents. So it was a stocky bashing affair, but it wasn't because, like, I mean, you had to use your brain. I watched other teams pulling all day. We didn't do that. It was sort of twiddling. Like, when I say twiddling, it was slow pulling, hanging, changing the flies was a big thing. Now, they only had a small selection of flies because that's all you need in a match. You see, the colors are dark flies. So the fish would be on colors in the morning for the first hour and a half, and you could bash them. And the thing is to get every fish into the boat then and then go on to your dark flies and then continue on. Well, yeah, the kids had it. Like, they're not kids. They're, they're young adults. They knew how to fish. They, they knew they were confident coming in. Every day they were confident coming in. And it was just, they worked together. Like, the communication between the team on the match day was amazing. Like, one lad only had one fish. And I think Jacob, we did all the signs on the signal. Aina, Aina has a fly <laughs> named after himself. He'll tell you that now. And it was it was ringing it was ringing around the lake. What was that fly, Aina? Ah, uh, I don't know. Can I say it? You can, of course. <laughs> Aina's pussy. And we had different names for different things. Now I explained to the lads on the morning of the match what they were and the signals because they'd forget otherwise. So it was fresh in their heads. But I mean, one lad had one fish. Darren had one fish, and Jacob came up to him and said, gave him the signs, signals, the whole lot. Seven fish there. Right. That, that's, that, that's what wins matches. Yeah. Communication between the team. Nobody was out to win anything on their own. They were all there to win a gold medal. And in terms of actually, Dennis, fostering that kind of group mentality, like, is it is that just fostered through kind of weeks and months of training together, preparation together? How does it work in the run-up? It's the mentality of your coaches and the people around the kids. Um, there's a group called Frogs up north. Um, up in Ulster, they look after they're a government funded. I think they're government funded, but um, Joe and Damien work well with the kids all winter long throughout the year. And like this thing of being coached and being asked to do something, they just do it. There's no question, like, they just do it. Like, imagine just like the seniors, the Dennis. Yeah, like, I was, yeah, like, <laughs> I had a meeting meet yesterday morning with the senior team, like, I mean. You know, I, I, you know, you and I know what the crack is there, and it's well, it's. A, it, it, I I think we might be a bit disparate, but it's just harder with the seniors because, and uh, let's be fair, a lot of seniors, the guys with experience, they go in and they, you know, they think uh, they're less open. They know better. Well, yeah. I know. You well, said, I suppose like, I, I suppose their skill set got them this far. Hmm. Why should they change otherwise? Like, but the thing is, you never know everything in angling and you know that Tom yeah. more than yeah. most I mean I've looked like that was my 13th year coaching the kids on and off mm. I've learned from the kids 
that has helped me in my angling career. I if, if I see something different or even a knot or whatever, I'll take it away. But some people are just this closed mindset where the kids are open. Yeah, you're here because you're good at what you do. So coaches and we do what you say. This is for Aina because like you talk about the kind of the collective. Aina, two of your friends from the same area, same school, like we're on the team as well. Like that must be a first as well. Was it like that, that three kind of school friends like that? Growing up, or we're all fishing for the Ireland team. Yeah, I'd say it, I'd say it definitely was like it's not it's not popular where I'm from. Um, we all kind of started together. It was kind of Dinger Murphy got us. Uh, he got us together there one time up in the Dare Springs. Is a it's a rainbow trout pond, and it kind of took off from there. We've been fishing nearly every month since, and we just a really close friendship has bonded from it. It's brilliant, like and, and like you guys grew up then fishing the rivers, the local rivers, and you know would have seen each other in school and all, and fishing all the way through. Like it's like I said, it's a very unique kind of situation. I think you know it'd be rare that you'd see it repeated. I suppose. And would you guys all still keep in touch now? You're, you're obviously moved on from school, but you'd be keeping in touch oh, and you'd keep fishing together. Like, oh yeah, Jesus, most like I'm texting Darren every night about and Darren and Carmack about fishing. I'm very close to Carmack and Darren about everything, like even going out and even going out for nights out, we're always kind of together. Actually, can I just say, I saw the picture of you from Thursday night of the three at your devs, <laughs> and you look splendid, the three of you. Thank you very much, Tom. We try our best. <laughs> three bouses. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it didn't look like that in the picture. I'm very impressed now. It was early in the night, though, I'd say, Tom. <laughs> yeah. um, Dennis, do you find it? Because it's so unusual, isn't it? Three three lads grew yeah. up together, fishing together. It's great that, um, like, Dinger, like, you need people around the country bringing the kids along. And, like, Dinger's done a lot for the sport, and he doesn't get recognised for it. Like, there's lots of people around the country that try, bring the neighbours, kids, the whole lot. Joe has a group of anglers up there, and they're fishing every day of the week, um, every weekend. Um, I think there's two. I think Lewis and Jacob are from the same class as well. Um, so, you know, it, our sport is a minority sport. But if you get groups of kids together, you know, they learn off each other. And it's great, but it's never been really seen before. And we really need somewhere like in Connacht, Leinster and Munster to bring people on. We need, you know, a whole in each province. I know it's a different level, but like it's the same kind of principle why you have, you know, the rugby academies, you know, in Connacht, Leinster, they bring the players together, the young fellas, mm-hmm. and they they get used to playing with each other and growing up together. It's the same principle. like uh, It's totally the same, but I mean, there's no big, like I sent out 117 emails there when we came back because I'm the PRO of the ITFA as well as the youths. And like the responses next to nil, like you might get four responses out of 117 emails. They just don't want to know. Um, it is a minority sport. Rugby be bigger, gas, soccer, you name it. But there's kids out there, like I mean, Tom knows. Tom, your life is revolved around fishing. And and look at the benefits you got from it. The people you met, like I mean, hopefully my son will be, you know, trialing out next year. And he'll get what Aiden's have to get. It's all about, you know, making friendships, contacts, and progressing. But also the experience. Um, yeah, that's it. That for the, like for it to go away, like Aiden, did you find going away in that you know 
you know, you're dealing with that pressured situation, you know, it's competition, you know, it's, you thrive in it as well. Like it's nice winning, but like you find it, you know, it just all adds to kind of the, the growth experience. Like. Yeah. It, it, oh, it's like the first time I qualified, it was kind of tough, like you know, meeting all new lads and not really meeting them before. But you know, after the first day, you all kind of realize everyone's there for the exact same thing, just to win it. Like, and you all get fairly friendly, fairly quick. Um, at massive intensity, the day, the day, the practice days, and even just coming into the hotel on the bus, uh, on the travel day, it's just mad. Like, um, I fished the World Championships in Bosnia this year, the river one, and we had a team of six, and there's just coming in and seeing all, even in the even in the four nations, when you see all the other teams, you get hyped up. You want to you want to beat them, of course, and it's just it's nice the buzz it gives you. No, it's great to hear you just. The buzz that it gives you, I think that is fantastic. You, you know, you know that buzz now, ain't it? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and you yeah. want it again. I want it again. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, like Ireland's been lucky the last couple of years. Like, I mean, the last three matches senior I fished, I won three goals. The mm. last three matches the juniors have won, they won three goals on the lake. It's an amazing time for fly fishing in Ireland, mm. and and the buzz that kids can get off that will last them forever it's yeah. well it's truly an amazing thing like even the parents the whole lot Aiden, tell me this in terms of maybe just give us a bit of background where you grew up um you know do you play other sports it's interesting we spoke to keena boyle who's a mad keen salmon angler um and he was saying like even where he grew up kind of near the the moy um is and, and the own more like not many kids his age were fishing like it's incredible what do you think of where he grew up like um was it similar for you growing up? Yeah, similar for me growing up. Um, so I've always been involved with GA. I've I love playing it. Um, it's just always grew up playing it. All my friends played it. Uh, still playing it. Um, no, no one really fishes around my area. But, uh, really, so I was kind of when you were tall, I was going off fishing the world championships in Bosnia. They can't you got you kind of get a second look saying, "Ha!" So that kind of way. Why? <laughs> um, but no. I always played other sports and I think it's really important to have more hobbies other than fishing as well. Like not to, it's important to keep healthy as well. And even with the football, it ties into the fishing as well with the fitness and stuff that I was able to run and down, run up and down the river bank in Bosnia. Um, so it really helped, helped with endurance and stuff. And it keeps you strong minded when you're in the river, when things mightn't be going too good for you, but it, you know, it always, it always just helped as well. Having that kind of the formation there that Dennis had for us as well. Uh, was this good like did you find that Dennis in terms of um, was there many other the lads on the team where they did they play other sports or like I just wonder does that help when you play other sports it brings that kind of competitive yeah, element it does of course because you rely on your teammates when you're out fishing believe it or not it's a huge thing as camaraderie like I mean sharing things explaining things you have to have that team concept like I mean we had Andrew Duncan there um, Dara's dad Daryl's on the team and Andrew talked to the kids every evening like the knowledge that man has is unreal but mm. it's all to do with the team it's all to do with working together for one goal and like we knew that we were up against it but it was instilled in them from the very start that they could do this through teamwork just through teamwork not individually teamwork like I mean the, the two lads who caught the least amount of fish I brought them up in front of the group, like, that seven fish that they caught between them won the gold medal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's what won the medal for us. Not the big catches, 
the seven fish. And that's very true, Dennis. And I was looking at the results, and 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 that explains to everybody on a team how important everybody is. Yeah. You know, you know the old thing: a, ta- a team is only as strong as its weakest link. And yeah. you look there without those seven fish, you'd be yeah. in second place. You know yeah, exactly. That, yeah. No, oh, it's exactly. fantastic. Actually, I was go- I wanted to oh, well, I was going to ask Aina talking about the team and everything. And this is the thing I often ask guys on the practice day, Aina, the first one when you had to go out and try try a certain method. How, how do you find that? You know, uh, I think like you know when you're given a method and uh, you've heard other methods are working, you might go yeah. out with pulling's working, you might go out with dry fly, and you might be kind of giving out that way am I fishing this but it's so important to go out and try different methods and other lakes because you you could hear that information from someone but every other team could be doing it the exact same method as well mm. um it was important to go out and try different methods and we actually found a method that was that worked uh the bung uh we were told that pulling and static was working all week so Dennis Dennis and Julie are avid users of the bung and um it, it worked. Uh, there was a lot of fish caught in it. Uh, the Scottish were using it a lot and look at the numbers they put up. They nearly beat us. So, um, yeah, it was It was kind of on the first day when we went out on the practice day, I think I was I was drawn. I, I had pulling and fishing a washing line. Um, yeah, pulling for I have it here in front of me. I keep all these records for you. Good man, Dennis. You just pull out on that. Yeah, go on. Pulling and twiddling, um, I was kind of happy with them, but there was a lad in the boat with me, Carmack. Uh, he was they, they weren't catching fish on dries, and he was put on dry fly, and he was and like he wasn't confident that he was going to catch fish, and straight away he was three nil up on me with on the dry. <laughs> so it was important to try all them. Yeah, I, I I'm realizing Dennis. I think you're more like Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> here, here is the plan. Yeah. But what my question is: Is there any Ronaldos, any Mavericks, Cantona types who kind of like to, you know, push the boundaries? Yeah, yeah, they all try, they all fail. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? And that's it. Like, I mean, that's the way I run it. And you know, fire me if you want. But there's a plan. You stick to the plan. Like, I mean, some of the guys went out with all the flies. Like, I mean, I collected all the flies and. On the evening, coming back on the bus, I collect all the boxes. The flies are for the kids for the following year. I looked in the boxes, and it was easy to see where some of the bags should have been more than what they should have been. There was other flies crept into them boxes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I Straight away, I looked at the box and went, I know who that is. Turned it over. That's his name on the box. How was Aina? How was Aina? Aina was good. He was a good boy. <laughs> good captain man, always leads. Uh, leads up front. He he was he was a great captain, to be honest with you. Um, he instilled a lot of stuff in the kids. He led by doing what we asked to do. And like everybody was made welcome. And that's what a captain does. He brings everybody into the team. And like you could see him chatting the kids that weren't doing well, chatting the kids that were doing well. You know, a very, very good captain. Very proud of. Fair play, guys. In a big extra collection, banners to our background. I'll be making extra guys. I just said he was listening to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I 
I heard H-Dog, so I knew it was something like that. <laughs> uh, Dennis, how's this? Three in a row. Was that ever done before for Ireland? Never. Never. Other countries, have they done it? No, I don't think so. Wow. No, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. It is a phenomenal achievement. No, no, I just want to say it's all about the work that's done beforehand by no far and daughter. The amount of work they put in to have it. Like, I mean, I didn't want for anything. The clothing was there. Everything was organized. I just did my job. Without them, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do my job. Now, we had Julie there. She's in, she's uh, the new manager, I think, ratified at the AGM for next year. She was there. And there was Dinger, there was uh, Swanky, um, Mike, and then there was Andrew. And between all of them, everything was sorted for them as well. Like, I mean, there's the boats, get into the boats, whatever. All the kids were happy. Eileen and um, and Nolan, amazing jobs. Like, I, I couldn't ask for a better manager ever. And I've worked under a lot of different managers. Tell me this though, Dennis, in terms of fundraising, like because obviously does that all have to, you know, you have to yeah, go that's out what and do the yourself. Manager, yeah, yeah, that's what the managers do. They look after that and all the kids. Um, like David Brown years ago, who's another great manager. I worked under him. Um it was it's all done by the the staff, Eileen and Noel. I know Julie's gonna do it this year. There's a huge you wouldn't believe I, I'm not gonna tell you how much money is involved in this. Do you know what I mean? And we only get two days. On the lake. Like, I'd love to have the kids out there for four days. And we'd be able to do a lot, lot better. In my eyes, two days is very hard. It's very risky. You go to the plan. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you're dead. I mean, you're dead. But the amount of work they put in, big kudos to Eileen and all. How do we compare, do you know, uh, in funding terms compared to the other countries? Um, Fishing has taken a backseat in most of the like Scotland, Wales, and England, it's very hard to get funding. Now, if it was carp fishing or something like that in the UK, you get lots of funding. There's no big names behind the sport. Now we are lucky enough, like Tom Dock, Fulham Mill, we got nylon, we got fluorocarbon off them. That's a huge amount of money that they gave us this year. And thanks again, Tom. But um, we also have Nara. Uh, Nara gave us a huge, uh, a huge amount of money as well. We had um, sponsors from the four provinces and the main body of ITFFA. Apart from that, the kids went out with their own cards and collected sponsorship for themselves. You know, it's it's really hard. It's run on a shoestring near enough, but it's always run to the best what we can do. Like I mean, I'd love to see. 40 grand being put into the youth every year. And that is not enough. Somebody to come up and go, yeah, I'll give you 30 grand, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's colossal the amount of money. And, and to ask, like, the parents come as well. Like, they're giving up a family holiday to come over and do this. Um, Yeah, to, just to get just to get money in would be a great thing. And yeah, anybody out there wants to, you know where I am. Yeah. Well, I t- yeah. three got three goals in a row. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how much more feel good factor? You know, in terms of what you could do now. You know, going forwards, like you know, um, with a bit more funding as well, it would be incredible. With more funding and have hubs around the country teaching the kids, keeping them off the street, 
off the Xboxes, out of the pubs, out of whatever. You know, it's a huge thing that we should be... Money should be out there somewhere. And, and, and it's a cross-border thing as well. We're not the Irish team. We're the four provincial team. It has to be some politicians out there listening going, yeah, well, there is money. Um, there's a number. Bring that. Yeah, yeah. Aina, tell me this. In terms of, um, obviously, like, what's your thoughts? We always ask kind of the younger generation, like, in terms of trying to get more young people into the sport. It's a hard sell, isn't it? Like, it's like you said, even growing up, you were the rarity, like. Yeah. Uh, like, it's hard to get them into it. Like, it's, um, if you think about it, it's, it's a very expensive sport. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, to play football, all you need is a 50 or 60 euro pair of boots, pair of shorts and pair of gloves, like, uh, and then, you know, you're away, like, with fishing, you need lines, you need box, you need life jackets, you need wet gear, you need everything. Like, I was I was talking to my father about it, like, the, the cost of it, like, the cost of my fishing gear is upwards to three and a half, four thousand, like, you know, it's insane numbers when you think about it, like, um, like, just including the box, like, there's... 1500 euro worth of gear in my fishing box alone uh it's a mad it's it's very expensive sport to get into it's a very rewarding sport as well though at the same time like you know just to be out outdoors um that's just i love it like it's just it's when i'm out fishing it's kind of a different reality like um it is it is a tough sport to get into though i agree with that like you out like when i started off i started off with nothing like you know um, but no, since I really got into it, you know, I started working and trying to put money into it, and it's 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 worked out tank thankfully. And do you do you think going forward, is like you know, you'll want to try and give back in terms of the youth, try and help out? Would you see yourself always being involved? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah, I was saying that I'm not ready to leave it yet. Um, I want to go to Wales. Oh, I want to go to England with the team next year to try give them motives just as to try put something back into it for all the hard work they've done for me as well. Um, like to go over and it's it's great crack like going over with the lads there this year was one of the best memories I'll ever have like just going over like they're all from 1 to 14 of the lads they're all some crack like just, just, to, just to be around with I must say so you get a free swim as well at the end is that it? Oh free swim we supposedly <laughs> but we weren't allowed to this year uh, Oh are you not? No <laughs> not this Health and safety Thank God Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's been done away with, has it? Oh no, it's not done away with. We'll do it. We we'll do it the next time. It's just that we were we were put right that we couldn't do it this time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Should have done yeah. is it, you know, isn't the NFL the Super Bowl where they get the big uh, cooler? Ice bucket. Yeah, ice bucket. <laughs> Don't get over like. <laughs> well, listen, it's been fair play. So obviously you're looking ahead to, to next year, um, Dennis. Like, will the preparation like you think you have a good chance to do the grand slam? We are. You can't beat the Irish. Like I mean, we 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 are. <laughs> like I mean, the youths are unbelievable. No matter what comes in front of them, they will fish their hearts out. There's never a head dropping. Nothing. I am already preparing for next year. I prepared for next year. The the moment I unpacked my bags when I came home, got all the flies ready, dried them all out. Starting to make contacts with lads in Draycott, um, getting inside information. Um, sometimes it's more of a hindrance getting information than help. But look, we don't know if we're going to Draycott or we do, or Graph, and we don't know. Um, they haven't decided yet. It's up in the air. Um, but whichever one, it's going to be very similar tactics. 
Yeah. We won't be as heavily stocked. We won't get the numbers of fish that we're at this time. Um, it'll be a different way of fishing. And Tom knows this, different waters, different styles. Um, depends on the weather. But yeah, oh yeah, we have a great chance. We always have a great chance. Like young lads like Amy, you know, on the team, like everybody, all they use, once they qualify, all they want to do is win. And, but it's not all about that. It's about the experience they have. Um, I told them all going out, fish as hard as you can. Doesn't matter if you catch one or 25. Doesn't matter. Just enjoy yourself. And that's what it's about. At the last year, the success of the Irish, have the other countries kind of been taken by surprise at it? Like, okay, you can win it, win it one year and go, okay, they won it. But like the fact that it's been sustained over the last three years, like... The amount of work that the people do in the background into that team is amazing. And that's what that's what has us where we are. Do you know what I mean? But it's but it's made the others sit up and take notice, hasn't it? Going, Jesus, oh, Ireland oh, are like, the ones right. to beat. Like Yeah, yeah. Craig Barr, um, captain of the English team says we're the one to beat. Um Russell Owen and and Gaza from Cluedog just looked at me and went, Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Like um to do that on a heavily stocked water. They thought, like, you know, we get hammered. Mm. But we have, we have the experience. Like, Andy was there as well. Like, Andy Duncan, Tom knows him well. Um, yeah. We had two very experienced, and Julie, three experienced people working out how to catch stockies. Do you know what I mean? And and we fished for so long now. I think the first one I fished at Rutland was 99. Um, it was, what was it, 90, 95, 94 before his cap. So I've been at them a long time. Andy's been at them a long time. Julie's been at them a long time. It's all that coming together and putting into the kids and just giving them a method for each one of them. like, And making sure they have what they want going out. The guy that lined the kids in front of me, um, taking their orders for flies. The night before the competition, I think it was quarter past five when I packed away <laughs> the gear in the room. You know what I mean? But but that's what it takes. Like I mean, they're happy going. Make sure the kids are happy going out. That they're confident going out. Yeah, and the other nations are going. Yeah, they, they, there will be no surprise on their face if we win it again next year or the year after or the year after. And come here, Dennis, well, just for a wrap for people listening. What was the final uh, positions and number of fish on each team? It's 175 we had. Go on, 169. Nine, uh, and who was second with 169? Scotland. 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 Basically, in that number of fish, Scotland were still barking at the heels, weren't they? The last, i say, 10 minutes, I was in the boat with the Welsh fella. And there was a Scottish boy in front of me. And he was absolutely cleaning up. And I don't know what he was doing. Every time I looked at him, he was in a fish. I'd say he had about seven fish in the last 10 minutes, I'd say. Ooh. Uh, it was insane to look at and I thought I thought he was running away from us and then I, whatever look I gave over I saw two of our teammates I saw Zach and there was another lad he was stuck in, stuck in a fish and on my last and on my last cast I remember just I remember I cast it out and I looked up to the sky and I said come on now and I <laughs> land, and I hooked and I landed a double double fish you did that I, on your last cast? yeah on my last cast yeah. <laughs> oh class because that was the best and uh Captain Fantastic. <laughs> that's it. That's it. They all had fish in the last five or ten minutes as well. So I was like, they never gave up either. And it was just it was unreal. Wow. 
That's phenomenal because, like, on a 14 man team, that's still an average of over 10 per rod. Yeah, well, that average was 10.5, yeah. I think. Yeah, we had an average of 12.50. The rod average for the whole lake that day was 10 point something. Yeah. Wow. So we two fished average more per team for our team. like Above the average. And that's yeah. who won it. Yeah. If you beat the lad in the boat with you, yeah. or you stay neck and neck with him, you'll always be there, thereabouts. Mm. Like our top rod, who, like you can't forget him, Finton, Caroline, he had, he was being beaten 6-1. Right, right, yeah. And he looked over, and your man was using sinking line, but he didn't know which one. And he says, "Oh, what do you think of that booby basher?" And he goes, "Oh, it's a great line, but you Irish lads can't fish it." Okay, with <laughs> I seven, twenty six, twenty six, sixteen. He bet him. Not Ireland, not Ireland. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the way it is. Like I mean, they don't give up. I'd fint and out in Lockana. Um, fishing deep lines and it was a really hard day he never gave up but he remembered so the coaching days yep. really make a big difference like some of them guys from from um, from frogs up north rarely sit in the boat Aina there's brought up in the boat these lads weren't it's it's amazing the way different people from different parts of the country just gel together and work it out between them and they'd be chatting away like all night, fishing mad. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It was nice as well. Like I knew, like I was fishing the world championships with Thomas and Evan McMicken the week before the competition. Mm. So we kind of, after doing not so well in Bosnia, just to go to mm. Wales in and win it was just it was unreal. We were saying like because we mm. got a hammering in Bosnia, if anything. Yeah, Bosnia. So, Bosnia was tough though. Bosnia yeah. was tough. It was very. It was very demanding as well. Like the rivers were just so technical. Like. Yeah. Um, it was just nice to win something with Thomas and Evan as well. Probably two of the most funniest lads I've ever met in my life. Yeah. But, oh, they're so. mad, yeah. Yeah, great lads. I know Evan. He's a great lad. Oh, listen, fantastic lads. Fantastic. You know, we could go on for ages, but uh, listen, we'll uh, we'll have to have a wrap now. Before we go, we normally ask everybody on the show uh, a question. Uh, Dennis, you've been on already, so I'm going to bypass you. You have. Um, so, Aina, listen... I want to ask you what your most memorable fish on the fly is. There's a lot to choose from, but um, I remember I was fishing the black water with one Darren Sweeney, the lad who I fished for all my life with. Uh, I was fishing the river. We were fishing for trout, and the trout fishing was absolutely dire. We were we were fishing small, tiny nymphs, and uh, I remember I'll never forget it. I flicked my nymph into a run. It was on the nymphs, and I hooked. I hooked this fish and out came the run a, a salmon on the nymphs I'll never forget it uh, I remember Darren and myself just ecstatic when we caught it like it was just mad and Darren's dad was there as well just to land the fish on that light of a rod and everything was probably my what, most memorable what weight, what weight rod were you using uh, it was a three weight rod on oh, God. two point two and a half pound tippet oh, wow what size is the salmon uh, he wasn't big it was a grill run he was probably only yeah. like four and a three and a half four pound but just to catch him was just mad yeah, like, tip it. yeah Brilliant. couldn't get over it I think it's gas for a trout angler the most memorable fish in the fly was the salmon good man <laughs> <laughs> no no Dara behave <laughs> 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 well Aina and Dennis fair play to you in terms of 
what you've put in in terms of the work, the experience, the time, the effort, and to everyone else involved, you know, we have to say that as well. Um, it's a collective in terms of everybody, the time put in. Best of luck for the Grand Slam. We'll, uh, we'll have our fingers crossed. Listen, lads, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks very much, Darren. Thank you. Our thanks to Dennis Goulding and Aina O'Leary for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Plus you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram and myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.